Hey, Kaiju Transmissions listeners, before we get into this other episode, I'm just here to remind you um, this was split in two from one discussion, so that's why it kind of starts out of nowhere. Um, this is our review of End of Evangelion, and if you haven't checked it out already, check out the episode before this, which was part one, where we talked about the original anime series. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoy the discussion. I mean, you guys just heard us complain about it a million times. The the the, the finale, uh, it's it at the time. I mean, now a lot of people seem to have kind of come around on it, but at the time, was geez, uh, Kevin, tell us what the response was for that finale, and then uh, Matt, I want you to get into kind of end of Evangelion, but uh, yeah, I mean. It, this finale to say it was hated is an understatement would you guys agree with that <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i mean there 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 were the handful of people like bird that were uh, the uh, oh this is this is this is different this is something that hasn't really been it's done brilliant. before and then there were the, <laughs> the, then, then, then then there were the people that were uh <laughs> Sending Anno death threats and uh, doing graffiti outside of the Gynax offices, uh, and uh, yeah, dude, that, yeah. that was crazy. And essentially, you think that part of the finale and the conclusion that Shinji is comes to at the end, you know, you feel a little bit of Anno. Maybe it's no secret he doesn't think favorably of otaku culture. And yeah, you get a little bit of a like. Him saying, like, see, would you nerds just go outside and, like, enjoy life? And it seems like that's what he's trying to convince himself and Shinji in the end. So, But, yeah, they definitely, yeah, death threats, they hate, I mean, you think the ending of something like The Sopranos here was controversial or lost. Like, I don't think that's anything compared to to the response to this. Well, and Evangelion was definitely setting up a big mystery that they did not pay off at all yeah, they, the they, yeah they, they really couldn't follow up on any of the story threads in the last that were built up in the last like five to ten episodes i really feel like that is why for me like i'm, I'm gonna rate it so it was because that there isn't that payoff and shinji becomes so insufferable that like it really derails a lot of the stuff that i liked about it which is interesting because of how they deal with it in the, in the next thing but as we talked about like the, basically as a response to the backlash, um, and they they made the Eve, the end of Evangelion, and it was actually released as a compilation film. It was two episodes, like two forty five minute episodes long. Um, Kevin, why don't you talk briefly about death and rebirth and explain 
what the hell it is and if you think people should watch it because I see a lot of even fans of the show being like, yeah, you can skip it. I'm just really curious to hear what you and and Bird, since you're a huge fan, um, more so than me, like um, what you guys thought about Death. And I Rebirth. never even bothered with Death and Rebirth, um, especially. I know a lot. Of, I know there was some stuff in there pertaining to what ended up in the director's cuts episodes of some of the later ones. So, I mean, I figured a lot of the valuable stuff was in those, and yeah, I I skipped it. Uh, yeah, so basically, Death and Rebirth was a theatrical thing that came out a few months before uh, End of Evangelion did. And End of Evangelion is episodes 25 and 26. No, for real this time. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> uh, and basically what Death and Rebirth is, is to, to get people hyped for that, they had the first 70 minutes is a compilation movie where they took all 24 episodes and they squeeze it down into 70 minutes to you know give people a refresher because it had been a couple years since the tv show was on uh they're like hey here's all of the all of the big things that happened up until this point and then the the last chunk was uh basically episode 25 uh i don't think it was yeah it wasn't the entire episode 25 that you get in the end of evangelion i think there were you know some scenes that still got tweaked in between all right so i guess kevin is gonna <laughs> i guess give his best shot at giving a synopsis for this oh uh yeah so end of evangelion it's episodes 25 and 26 uh and it's it is split like there's you get ending credits in between them uh for the for the movie uh Let's see how this goes down. Uh, well, we have uh, basically this is right after Kaoru has has kicked the bucket, and uh, so he was the last angel. So all of the angels have been defeated. So the angels can't initiate third impact. So that means the human beings can initiate third impact, but it's going to be like a different third impact. And except Gendo has a different third impact from the one that Zayla wants to initiate so they're you know sort of in competition about that but then the military doesn't want that to happen so they start sending uh, troops into nerf headquarters and and massacring everybody inside i think that's what goes down it's not that well explained like a, a group of armed people attack out of nowhere and they're either from zayla or they're from the military yeah it seems like it's both uh which is yeah, you're you're right because I, mean, I just watched this today, and that's that's basically how it goes down. I mean, there's 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 confusing bits. There's there's a there's a part where there's a security guard who appears to have his back to the wall. Somebody pops up behind him and slits his throat. I'm like, where'd that guy come from? Yeah, and then he lets all the rest of the soldiers in. You're like, how does that? That's not even physically possible unless he was a double agent somehow. Like, there's all these questions. Go anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, so all all these questions is a a running theme that we're gonna have throughout this. Uh, anyhow, um, so, oh gosh, it's been a while since I've watched this, but, um, basically they decide that all of the, that the pilots are going to be better off in their Evangelion units so they don't get murdered by the soldiers who are coming in. Uh, but there's, uh, Zayla has these mass production Evangelion units that are differently looking than the other ones. They have these big you know, 
mouths with uh, Joker grins and uh, and wings, and uh, they have a they have a lot of them. Uh, so Asuka goes out to to fight against them. Uh, Misato tries to drag Shinji down to 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 do that, but he's he's uh, having having a tantrum uh, as we we discussed earlier. <laughs> Uh, but you know, to 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 save him basically, and to save Asuka, who's highly outnumbered, uh, you know, she basically gives him gives him a snog and and promises him sex when he he gets back, and uh, <laughs> throws him into an elevator, only to get uh, blown to pieces immediately because it's that sort of movie. Uh, Shinji gets down there; he can't really figure out how to get into the Evangelion unit because it's all crusted over, which isn't clear immediately, but uh, that that's what's going on. So it's not just that he's being depressed sitting there on the side. It's that he physically can't get over there until his Evangelion decides to reach out and, and grab him of its own accord because it has his, his mom's soul inside. And, and in the meantime, Asuka in the middle of her battle figures out that her mom's soul is inside of her robot. And, and it's a sort of redeeming moment for her where things look like they're going to be okay as she's, you know, kicking all sorts of ass and taking names until all of the mass production Evangelions have uh, healing factor. So they all basically converge on her and, and tear her Evangelion to pieces. Uh, Shinji comes out. He is, quite upset about the, the things that were going on and uh, they they get into a in, into a, a, a fight. Meanwhile Gendo has gone down to the uh, where where Lilith is being kept with Ray. Gendo has absorbed the, the the first angel Adam into himself so he wants to unites Lilith and Adam together. Ray is a clone of Lilith in part, but also his wife. So he starts to uh, starts to bring them together, and then they uh, Ray decides otherwise. And somewhere along that line, Ritzko shows up and tries to stop things and is ineffective. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Shinji through his his something going on within his Evangelion unit, but also something to do with Ray reuniting Lilith and Adam together. Uh, it, it begins the the third impact, which uh, basically starts turning all of the all of the humans, well, all creatures, uh, back into amniotic fluid LCL primeval soup where there's no separation between uh, between souls anymore so everyone is together as a single life form uh, and there's no no hurt or something along those lines uh, Shinji has weird dreams where uh, he conceives alternate versions of the universe uh, like one where there's no giant robots and and everybody's uh, just hanging out at school. Yeah, one's basically uh, like a high school sitcom. 
which by the way they made a manga of that that's run for a very long time because <laughs> somebody saw that and they're like yeah that's the evangelion i want uh. <laughs> that's bizarre uh he also like imagines live action sequences he imagines the audience in the theater that are watching the movie <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I that was bizarre. He he maybe. also watches uh, Masako have sex at one point. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I don't. <sighs> so she's already dead at that point. So I don't know if she was sucked into the into the LCL or or not. Yeah, there's there's a there's a tidbit right before she's blown up. You see Ray, and mm-hmm. as we see later on during the whole converting people to LCL thing, Ray's appearing to every person in the world essentially. And she's touching them, and they're turning into this like soup thing. Although Ray ghosts were showing up even like before Third it's Impact true. kicked off, so uh, like, what, what the hell are those things even? Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> oh, I'm. I feel they, like they I'm do, describing a plot of a uh, of Prometheus right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Story. Well, there's like this scene where. Uh, they show Masatu's like her clothes laying there, and they show the LCL fluid later mm-hmm. on. So. Does she die? Oh, she did. Not, like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, how does the explosion not blow her to pieces? Well, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think it's. I, th- I mean, see, you see her body in in multiple pieces as that explosion is going. Yeah, down, I think but, that's uh, just uh, everything is soup. I, I, that's just her clothes yeah. are floating around with everyone else's clothes. Or you know, it was it was close enough at that time that Ray was able to get to her and. That, yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Like, it, it could be ready the way I thought she was dead, but then there's a soup thing. Anyway, continue. Sorry, or, or maybe everyone who's ever lived is turned into soup. It's not it very clear. Yeah, it could be that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Shinji uh, goes through a, a lot of sort of mind-bogglingly pretentious uh, pontificating and uh, eventually decides, like, you know what? I want to not be here anymore. And then... Uh, he he wakes up on a uh, on a beach from the end of Devil Man, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Asuka's uh, lying next to him, and uh, then he decides that he wants to strangle her for reasons, presumably, and uh, and then she she tells him that uh, she feels sick. The end. Yes. Uh, the same lines she said earlier when he masturbated on top of her. Which was yeah, sexual assault, by the way. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, she she <laughs> had that... all kinds of Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein or whatever that fucker's name is. Yeah, so I, I guess I didn't mention that. That yeah, that's the way the movie opens is that he's uh, he's visiting her in the hospital after she's just been rescued from her own crippling depression. Which and, is, uh, the room is locked, though. They go out of the way to show that he locks the door, which is yeah. super disturbing. Mm-hmm. The kid's got problems, man. Ugh. He needs help. Should be, man. The the whole thing about the LCL that is human instrumentality project. It's the idea that Gendo's plan is to reunite all living things so that he can be with his wife again. So it appears to me that like anybody who's ever lived would become that, but it could also be the soul of his wife that's in the Ava. So yes, yeah, so the the, the instrument, uh, instrumentality project is what SEAL are trying to do, which initiates the third impact. Now, there's different versions of the third impact that are discussed throughout the course of the series, and then there's the actual version of third impact that happens. And this is where it gets kind of 
convoluted, but the basically third impact can happen when an angel uh, physically makes contact with Lilith. So uh, the angels want to initiate third impact by getting underneath nerve headquarters and you know touching Lilith um, and reclaiming the Earth. Now, Seal, uh, they are using um, Gendo and, um, you know, Kaji as a double agent for them, uh, and they end up, um, they try to acquire Adams uh, after being stabbed by the, the, the lance. He's in this little fetus egg thing. Um, and Seal, like I said earlier, they're, they're essentially a cult that want to reduce all life on Earth to essentially, I don't know if you want to call it non-life, but just primordial ooze, you know, the, the, the basically resetting life itself uh, for reasons that aren't really explored. But like I said, I always just take it as, you know, they're kind of a crazy cult and gendo's crazy ass he is is so desperate to reunite with his wife that he will he's willing to cause third impact just by uh just by just just in order to reunite with his wife and be part of the same primordial soup um and so uh he has yeah he has adam's embryo like grafted onto his hand and he's gonna like punch through Lilith and and make it happen and then uh the actual third impact um occurs uh basically with with Rey and Shinji um but yeah that's also one of the reasons he kept cloning Rey um but uh basically after um uh so he he attempts to so gendo attempts to um use ray who is a clone so she kind of has uh, a little bit of lilith in her and also his wife and he puts his arm through her because he has the the fetus thing on his hand and then ray rejects that and takes his hand it basically absorbs it and then that's how it actually happens. So you have several versions of Third Impact and then what actually happens. Um, and, yeah, I mean, essentially it's any any organic life on Earth is reduced into a puddle. Well, it's so one thing that's implied, and like many things in all these proceedings, you can, you can read into it, uh, is that it seems like the population has been decreasing since Second Impact, so maybe turning all life forms into this one super collective is the best chance for any sort of survival. But, you know, they don't explicitly say that, so that's conjecture. <laughs> one of the things they do outright state is, like, they talk about, we talked about earlier, every person has, everything um, has an AT field. And actually, in this movie... I mentioned movie, that earlier, man. I, I'm, I'm just, shut up. <laughs> so... But one of the things that's interesting for me is is that it's the idea of taking away your individuality and then making this one just life form where everything is both everywhere and nowhere at once. And they basically, that's what one of the lines is from the movie. And we also learn in this movie that 
humans are considered an angel apparently like that's one of the one of the things that uh, Masato actually tells Shinji as she's dragging him to go fight in the Ava so like there's all this uh, crazy stuff going on and like people blending together which I mean for me what I know of my limited knowledge of Buddhism sounds a lot like uh, Nirvana like this idea of yeah. kind of utopian perfection and no you know he they, they talk about like um, no pain and no sorrow, that kind of stuff. Like that's what this reminded me of. So that's interesting. And then you have Shinji ultimately being the one to reject it, and then he comes out of it, and then he you know chokes Asuka, and she basically says that's disgusting, which is the same thing she always says to him. Is it's like uh, I don't know, just th- that. Just going back for a second to that whole masturbation thing. Like, wh- why can someone? <laughs> just oh god like one of the things shinji says is the line from the film is i'm so fucked up and i'm like well yeah you just like oh oh god i just it creeps well, me I, out. I, the why is that he's got a lot of psychological problems <laughs> and like i said i don't i mean if if we're if we were supposed to really like this character i don't think that that's how the movie well, would open but and, and, that, and that's like kind of my main thing with it i think for a lot of people where they're going to go, if you're going to like the show, or where, where you're going to hate the show is going to be Shinji for a lot of people. That's kind of the main complaint that you always see. If you can get past him... Hating him is part of the... Right, it is, but not know, everybody it's, it's can part of the journey. Him. Right, right, yeah. Not a lot of people can stomach it, but... But, yeah, I mean, he's sexually clusterfucked. I mean, that's why he does what he does. And, you know, it's messed up. And, and I mean, you also... There's different ways you can kind of take how... Um, so, I mean, he's, he's stuck in Ava 1 while all this is happening, and, I mean, he's, he's pretty much given a choice, which I don't quite, I mean, do you guys understand why he, I mean, I guess technically he's in space at this point, isn't he? Is he in space? Yeah, yeah they're, they're in representation space. thereof or something. Yeah, so I, I mean, mean, so he's not really on Earth to be a part of the anti-AT field. So he's going through this big existential crisis stuck in the Eva, and eventually he he rejects instrumentality and he's like, I, I that strong will puts him back on Earth. And as of the ending of the the movie. The only other person there is Asuka. Now, maybe other people with that same kind of strong will across the world are, you know, there's are are starting to manifest. But essentially, Shinji and Asuka are have um, decided to embrace their individuality, and um, everybody else is just in this floating around in this goo um and i i guess i guess the real kind of question is did he doom all of did he doom everybody by making that choice to reject instrumentality yeah like i said before i think it's there's a there's a couple commentaries that I read where people base where where basically the hypothesis was if someone wanted to become an individual again Shinji essentially in, in, imbued them with that power which is how he came out of it and how Asuka came out of it yeah like One uh, thing in- essentially I think his rejection is kind of giving a choice of sorts to either 
you know, become a human again or doing, I guess, just floating around in this goo attached to everybody else. <laughs> and, and also, I think the reason he has that ability to make that choice and no one else could really reject it is because they mentioned specifically that once instrumentality starts, they refer to the to the Ava as being like the kind of a supreme god idea it's the joining of adam and lilith and once that happens that particular being has a choice to either go through with it or not go through with it and that's why he's able to basically ultimately say no yeah so the the people that are disembodied would be able to choose to recreate their bodies and return to a life regardless of whatever it would entail and yeah, we we leave off seeing that Shinji and Asuka are two of those people. So, I don't know, it might not quite be as apocalyptic as it looks, but it's still pretty apocalyptic, especially if you're kind of going with Anno's kind of nihilism that, you know, maybe most people really don't have enough backbone to make to to make that choice and they would rather just be mindless puddles of goo. Well, then there's the whole question of like how does the thematics work of like on one ending it's Shinji is learning to love himself and then on the other one it's uh, it's is he trying to strangle her or what I don't know what he's doing <laughs> yeah, trying to, or like uh, yeah I don't know what he's doing trying to to strangle her but I I think him like loving himself is what like wills him back into existence in a way mm-hmm. one of the things that stuck out to me was like even though he's making that choice before he makes that choice to basically stop human instrumentality. Um, he essentially says, I know that I'm still going to have the same problems I had before, but I would rather have that than just be this thing where I'm attached to everybody else. So he makes a choice to accept his depression and all of his problems and become a human again. And also it's pretty commonly thought that like, it seems like Anno because Asuka was so popular, like, I've seen a lot of people surmise that, like, him strangling her, and she actually gets choked in her, her Ava as well by the other Avas, I think, if I remember correctly, is, like, kind of Ano being frustrated with the fans' rejection of the initial ending, and, like, dem- being so demanding, and so it's, like, it's kind of Ano versus the fans in that sequence. I don't know if that if that's reading into it too much, but it was definitely a very common yeah. thought. Well, he, he definitely has issues with just... I mean, I don't care how a story ends that you might have liked. I mean, man, you send people death threats. Like, what are you doing? What's well, you mentioned, like, I mean, like, they have the actual death threats in the opening credits, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll kill you, Anno. Is like, yeah, yeah. That's pretty... Ugh. Yeah, it's it's somewhere during the whole, like, really trippy bits when... It's it's not the opening credits. It's, it's That's right, while yeah. all all semblance of narrative is, is falling yeah. apart in, in, in the post uh, uh you know quick montage of, of yeah. different and i mean uh, we'll say i mean uh, for anno going back and was like okay fine here's your finale he certainly did it on his own terms because this is this thing is just heady and trippy and ambiguous also but i don't think that's a bad thing in this case i mean uh matt you you just watched the movie for the first time i know you saw you you said you've seen the series but uh, but as the person that i guess is the newest to it what what did you think of this this film i I thought it 
it gave us well my it gave us some stuff to chew on but also gave us some visuals to kind of balance some of that out and it was still anno being anno essentially but does it in a way that's like visually interesting at times this movie is visually it's great it's great yeah it's pretty stuff like this movie actually still to this day will show up every now and then on like best animated movie lists it, the thing about like you know Oscar's fight scene is, is really wonderful, and the like the the trippiness that we talk about like there's a giant ray at one point, and you get like Ray falling apart and half her face being left on the beach, and like all this in a, it's a giant head. It's it's incredibly disturbing, and yet it's also kind of like it just pulls you in. So the visuals and the fight sequences, and that coupled with Anno still trying to tell us something. I don't know what that something is, but. This idea of individuality and acceptance versus like part of the crew, part of the ship. If I'm going to make a terrible uh, Pirates of the Caribbean reference, it, it's those things play really, really, really well together, and I liked it a lot more than the first ending that was used. And so this works for me a lot better than than the original, you know, 25 and 26 episode. Um. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of with you there, and I, yeah, I mean, I just love the visuals of this thing. It's just they're very unique and they're kind of disturbing, but they're kind of beautiful to look at, and uh, just like and and just the whole third impact sequence where you see everyone burst into what I guess fans have actually started to call it Tang because it looks like the orange drink <laughs> Tang. So yeah, they burst into this orange Tang goo is and and at the same time there's kind of a peppy like kind of pop song and it's just a really interesting sequence uh that works on a visual level and it's like i said it's kind of disturbing and messed up but it's also kind of pretty yeah i could definitely see that kevin what are your what are your thoughts uh i mean i definitely agree with like it's probably the best looking of all of the Evangelion stuff, just because they 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 definitely had some money to throw at the visuals there, uh, and you know the use of music is very artistic, and like the the things that are happening plot wise can definitely be frustrating, uh, you know, from both the like not understanding why things are happening and and also feeling bad for your you know favorite characters having terrible things happen to them, uh, but like. It is, like, if you're going to watch one Evangelion movie, this is probably the one you should watch. It's just you have to watch the series first. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, for some people, that'll be exciting. For other people, it'll be, you know, a little bit tougher. But, yeah, I mean, you really can't watch this without watching the series. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an excellent movie, and... uh you know, when I was first getting into Ava, like, I was told beforehand, like, this is gonna get weird. This is gonna get weird. It's like, we're talking, like, David Lynchian levels of surrealism. And I was like, okay, you're being hyperbolic. And then uh, after that, I was like, okay, that that was pretty weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I could do without some of the some of the interludes during the post-instrumentality before the reconstitutes like yeah, I, I agree with that that's a good i think that's a good point yeah i, I think that's fair um but yeah i, I mean I, I think i think this is uh 
I mean, some people might think that just it's vague, it's artsy, it's surreal. Um, but, I mean, if you like that kind of thing, I think you'll find this to be a satisfying conclusion. If not, you know, I don't know. Maybe Eva in general just might not be your, your cup of tea, but... Uh, but no, I, if you, I like, if you like eraser head, you will. Love yeah. This. If, yeah. <laughs> if you love, if you like surrealist fiction, I mean, if you like stuff like, yeah, David Lynch or eraser head or something like 2001, a space odyssey, uh, and you like, you know, heady and abstract ideas in your sci-fi. I mean, those are the people I'd recommend Ava to. Um, I think it's more accessible than all those things though, because you know, you find fans of Ava that aren't fans of all those other. Yeah, things. well, yeah, well, you're right. I, I do the, agree with you. Well, I, I think, point. yeah, I think Ava gives people an easy way in because the first half of the show is like a very standard, you know, formula that people are used to, and it kind of eases you into the weirdness in a way. So, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's probably why. Um, uh, Matt, you ready to uh, give the rating for End of Evangelion? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I think this movie as a whole, um, I, I'm somewhere between a three and a half and a four. I don't quite know, but it's it's a vast improvement. Um, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and just give my overall rating. Um, I'm going to come to a kind of a, a weighted average of like a three overall, because I think, like for me... Well, it, wait, it, okay, so did you say the movie is, uh, on its the own movie, the movie, is a the four? The movie is like a three and a half to, and then, to four. The, the show was a two and a half. One is a weighted. I'm like average. a yeah. So I'm going to go like three, three and a half overall for the for the entirety of the show plus the end of Evangelion. It's a, it's a likable show for me, but honestly, parts of it for me are a struggle to get through at times. And I think those two things kind of there's there's a tension there. So like I said before, I'm very conflicted about the show. It's I like it, I don't love it, and that's just kind of where it sticks with me. Okay. Kevin, where do you fall on uh, End of Evangelion and also how you would maybe rate this uh, along with the series as one experience? Uh, I, I gotta give it... Uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stick with the, the three and a half range. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's blasphemous. I'm sure I'm gonna get death threats and people will vandalize my, uh, my office soon. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For, for for either reasons, the people that say, "Oh, that's too high" or, or "That's too low," and like the, the like I said, the presentation is fantastic, uh, but there's there's stuff that's that's needlessly sort of obtuse, and uh, the given given the different paths, which has happened, there there's room for improvement here and there, uh, but uh, I mean, I, it's still probably the definitive incarnation in some way shape or form <laughs> all right all right uh the movie itself like I, you do kind of have to watch the the show first but i i just think it's really fantastically done and it i think it does really kind of pay off uh a lot a, a lot a lot of the, the the things that were set up and not delivered in the series um and i really like it i mean and i've i i mean having watched the show now i can watch the movie on its own because i know you know, I have the history with with watching the show, so uh, so yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do, give the very rare, well, rare lately, not rare on its own, uh, five out of five for end of. 
Um, I gave the show a four, so I'm going to go ahead and do a weighted average of 4.5. Um, and uh, for all the things in the show that bother me, I think that the, the movie here makes it rewarding. Um, so, Matt, uh, I have here in front of me, looking at our outline, you have so, a little piece of information regarding, the la- uh, regarding Asuka's last line. Yeah, I was trying to explain this earlier and kind of butchered it, so I'll give it another shot now. Um, the final line that Asuka says was originally written as, I never want to be killed by you of all men. Absolutely not. Now she's talking to Shinji. Or it could be interpreted as, I'll never let you kill me. But Ano was actually dissatisfied with all the readings of the line. And so he asked the, the voice actress, um, what would you say if a stranger had broken into your room at night and masturbated over you? And then she replied, disgusting. And that's the line that was actually chosen to end the film. So, like, I, ugh, that just, <laughs> um, there's a, a couple other bits of trivia we'll talk about for a minute. Um, so, and we, we, I said this earlier, but although the series brings up ideas of God and existentialism, um, Kazuya, uh, you know what, Kevin, if you know this name, great. I don't know. It's a... Suramaki. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Um, he He's an assistant director. He stated that the, they chose a religious symbolism simply to put themselves apart from other shows fe- featuring d- giant mechs. Um, and that they didn't have any prominent meaning beyond that. And the PR department for Gainax, uh, Hiroki Sato, former president, and, and, and former president Toshio Okada, both said similar things. So that's just to, re- to reiterate, like, the religious symbolism and iconography that's, that's there doesn't really have an implicit purpose. It's just kind of there. Um, originally, there were 28 angels, and the finale was supposed to be about defeating the final 12. Um, that's obviously what they kind of changed their, their original plotline from. And then the uh, Ava designs were rejected by most merchandisers as being too complicated and unappealing. Um, eventually, Sega agreed to license some Ava merch, which actually Sega's done stuff for like X Plus and um, different things. That's I, I didn't realize that was a, a thing they did with Ava as well. Um, also, pretty commonly known, but should be mentioned here, is that Jet Alone is a homage to Jet Jaguar, of course. Which you can definitely see. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's In the face, that. the color scheme, <laughs> it's all there. Um, but it, it's interesting that we said, talked about how all these merchandisers didn't want to, you know, sign any contracts when it, it, it got so big and it's such a heavily merchandised property. Um, you know, it was one of the really huge, gigantic anime imports overseas. Um and just the influence it did, just from a design and a design standpoint for, you know, mecha anime was huge. Um, you know, you, you started to see less of the boxier Gundam-type uh, designs and more of the sleeker, faster um, Ava unit-type designs. Um, and kind of what Kevin was alluding to earlier, it really kind of made anime creators more open to getting into psychological issues, religious symbolism, and, you know, he rattled off a whole bunch of titles that kind of kind of ripped Ava's thing. Um, and I, I, we have some, some fun stuff Kevin's going to edumacate us on in a moment, but uh, how do you guys feel about, I, I remember more so before the movie came out, but Pacific Rim is often accused of being like, well, Evangelion did it. Um, even though Del- Guillermo del Toro has never seen the series, and given how open he is about all the 
influences and stuff that he takes from. I have no reason to doubt him. Um, and I know his co-writer, Travis Beecham, has seen some of the rebuild and seen some Eva stuff and has said nice things about it, but I don't know. I always thought that was kind of a silly uh, thing. I mean, you have the idea of, you know, your psycholo- psychological condition affects how you pilot the robot, but and but I don't know. As, aside from that, and I think Kevin has that... That's been used as a trope before Eva, probably, right? I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go back to, like, get a robo, and, like, the robot is more effective if you're screaming while you're doing your right, attack. Right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Well, let's put it this way. When we, we, we did our uh, Pacific Rim podcast review uh, on uh, on Mazer Patrol, Josh, who's probably the most knowledgeable person about Evangelion that I, I know... He, he, basically said like so some people are are saying that a uh pacrim is a evangelian pastiche and he flat out said well those people are stupid (laughs) (laughs) um uh, yeah i mean there's i I understand why people make that connection because for a lot of people there's nothing before evangelian yeah yeah Uh, and you know there's there's a whole lot of of giant robot stuff and especially you know, Del Toro being Mexican, he would have grown up watching Massinger Z and and yeah, the, yeah. the like. So, uh, you know, the idea of there's robot pilots that have to fight, you know, a monster a week, that's not anything particularly n- new to Evangelion. Yeah. And, uh, well, I know one person who feels a certain type of way, as they say, about it is Shinji Higuchi, who... Uh, was not a fan of Pacific Rim, and, uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about Anno, but uh, Higuchi really was very involved with, you know, the scripts and a lot of the design work and storyboards for Eva, and I think it has more to do with him than either Pacific Rim or Eva, like, but yeah, Higuchi was just like, oh, you know, I, he was dismissive of it and basically said, you know, I already did this with Eva, which, I mean, that, like I said, that's kind of the way he is. I, I, Kevin, I don't know if you were there, but oh. there was the G-Fest he was at, um, a few years ago, not this last year, and someone asked him what he thought of Cloverfield, and he said, uh, well, that concept of a found-footage kaiju movie is one that I'd been p- I'd pitched to Toho a bunch of times, and they said no, and so uh, to see it done, he was like, yeah, I didn't like it, because... I felt like like he he's kind of the type that has a lot of ownership over his own ideas. So I you know whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, so I I you know don't know the interview per se, but um, Higuchi also did the storyboards for Gunbuster, and Gunbuster is like the two pilots controlling the robot yeah. together thing. And I I mean he might have been yeah oh yeah teased yeah. at that too. Yeah, so. he, he just seems he's a very possessive. Uh, uh, guy, um, so I mean, we we've mentioned a lot of this stuff, like the the the, the Jet Jaguar uh, with Jetarone, also um, you know the 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 Adam and Lilith being um, uh, gods of light, creatures of light. Um, also, you know, just the concept of you know the monster of the week stuff, and also in the rebuilds, seeing all the different gods of light sync up and they have the same symbols and i mean they're they are the ultra brothers you know we'll, we'll just say it yeah um but uh i, I mean i know it should be said that uh i think 
probably one of his biggest influences for this was Ultraman. And, uh, you know, when Shin Godzilla came out, everyone was like, oh, a real Godzilla fan making a movie. And it should be said that he, while he does like Godzilla, he has always said he was way more into Ultraman, so much that I think we one of the first things he did was an Ultraman fan film where he played, you know, the human host or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, he he did his first just his very short shorts in um, in film school, basically, where he would play Ultraman just as himself in a blazer, and uh, you know it was hella cheap, but he managed to make it work mostly by employing the sound effects that the TV series did, so you could actually get that sense of scale of like, yeah, it's him and, and another guy like pushing each other over on a playground but you get that boom boom as they're like <laughs> crashing into each other and it and it works uh so then once once daikon film was a a separate entity that's when he he went all out and he did this uh this project return of ultraman where he still played himself you know in a windbreaker as as ultraman but he had like a full-on monster suit that he battled in like real miniatures uh and you know elaborate uh cockpits and things for the for the defense team uh and that's one that actually after his success Tsuburaya would put out on DVD themselves <laughs> so uh, um, it's backdoor canon i guess <laughs> yeah are there any other uh um connections to ultraman or tokusatsu uh that that you have in mind that we haven't talked about uh i mean that it's all over the place uh so uh in terms of uh well let's start with with ultraman we've got the uh in the opening credits you have these these bits where the characters are in silhouette against the sort of amorphous background which is definitely a an ultraman thing there's uh the so the nerf itself is you can read a little bit of science patrol type of stuff. It's also a whole lot like the organization Shadow from um, uh, Jerry Anderson's UFO. Uh, I, that's one that... Um, I, have you seen UFO? Uh, I know of it. Uh, I've seen like the opening credits on YouTube. I haven't okay. seen the show. But. Yeah, so that that's one where there's an alien invasion and there's a secret underground... Uh, uh, organization that's sort of paramilitary that's fighting against it and you've got people in uniforms that are a lot like what Gendo and Fuyutsuki wear and there's even an episode early on where like the main the main leader has to make a call of like I could save my son's life or I could make the mission to defend the earth and he decides to, to, to sacrifice his own son so you can see a lot of a lot of that guy in Gendo <laughs> Uh, he even does the thing where he like steeples his fingers in front of him a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess uh, getting getting back to uh, to Ultraman, uh, lots of lots of little Easter eggs, uh, especially in the rebuild movies. Like Misato's car is the same car that the the, the monster attack team drives in in Return of Ultraman. Uh, there's um, her ringtone is that you know King Ghidorah noise uh, on her on her phone. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all throughout the original. Um, yeah, that's yeah. every time something happens, like the King of Doors roar comes through. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, we we touched on the whole, like, religious iconography thing that, you know, <laughs> there's all these crucifixions in Ultraman, and they have villains with names like Mephilus and 
uh, devil on and stuff. So, uh, yeah, so we, we talked a little bit about the Darius, uh, how some of the angels have looks like some of the ultra kaiju and we mentioned the uh, giant robo one. Yeah. Um, Oh, so the, so this is again, a a rebuild thing, but the second rebuild movie ends with basically a shot for shot, um, reconstruction of the ending of, uh, Ultraman Nexus. So they, they sort of took that from there. Uh, and also in that same sequence, they, they do the um, the vanishing fist from Gamma Three. <laughs> Sorry, because yeah, the unit one gets its arm torn off, and Zero shoots a shoots a energy at it. <laughs> it grabs the energy and makes a hand out of energy. There, it's like well, Anno did direct the making of Gamma Three. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's definitely a thing in there. Um, other connections. Um, uh let's see here uh i guess getting getting off of the ultraman front there's uh there's um a poster that looks a lot like the the one from um submersion of japan when he goes to the movie theater and and watches a movie about second impact because people are pretty obsessed with second impact in the Evangelion world. You know, yeah, it yeah. seems to be the only thing he, he learns about in class. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, it, it, and it, yeah. And it, of course it's never the actual event, you know, cause it's a cover up. Yeah. Uh, I know you posted the blood type blue reference. Uh, yeah. On our yep. wall, I think actually <laughs> on, on Facebook. Yeah. Um, cause that's, that, that that was actually frustrating for a while because you're trying to look up information about the movie and all you can find is Evangelion stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's the angels are blood type blue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how they distinguish that they're that they're other and should be persecuted. Wait, isn't that the opposite of what the blood type blue movie told us should happen? No. That's, no that's, <laughs> Uh, there's you are different. You get persecuted. That's how it works. Uh, there, there was a there's an episode that was an homage to the day the Earth stood still. So that's sort of uh, well, okay. You know, that's that's a classic sci-fi movie. Uh, we talked about the the um, the Gamma graveyard. So that was a thing. Um, in End of Evangelion, uh, Ray's head like splits open, and it's um. Well, Shinji Higuchi did audio commentary on Goki the Body Snatcher, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, makes sense. All right. He's nerdy enough to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, you know, there's there's uh, some, some anime callbacks as well. Like, Shinji's character design is actually just Nadia's, like, made as a made as a boy and and early on in the planning of, of evangelion they were actually talking about having shinji be a girl and hmm. they've made him a male character later on uh, and then uh then another one uh that is is worth bringing up is uh misato's always drinking boa brand beer from the kuroshio corporation and that's a that's a so the boa juice is a product in the movie flying phantom ship which is an old toy doga thing that uh, hayao miyazaki worked on uh-huh. uh but basically the the premise of 
uh, with with the boa juices, it's a highly addictive soft drink that you know if you drink too much of it, it turns you into a liquid. So it's what this sounds like awesome. The, it's sort of like the 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 backstory to Slusho in the marketing. I would be I would be surprised if they'd seen that, but uh, yeah. And, and when you when you watch the movie, you're like, okay, well, they're probably like getting this from the H Man, you know, because it's a it's a movie from the '60s. But it, you you watch like the scenes of like the deserted city where like people have been liquefied, and you can sort of see how that would have influenced that yeah, yeah. also. The, the clothes floating around and everything. Yeah. Um, all right, so there, there's a lot there. Anything, uh, anything you, else you want to throw out there? Oh, I'm sure there's things that I'm forgetting. Well, right. but, you know, well it's, um, it's going through, there's, you know, all sorts of little, little bits here and there, and you know, every rewatch, you'll notice something else. Yeah. So uh, there's other. There, obviously, this this has become a gigantic franchise. As weird as that's really strange, uh, but there's a lot of other media, and we mentioned some of it, like the rebuild movies, which are, I guess, Anno was. Uh, I guess he feels a little bit, maybe, what more well-adjusted in life, and you know he has more of the budget and freedom to kind of make, basically remake Eva himself, uh, the way that maybe if things were better back then he would have made it. So there's that. There's a, we mentioned there's that weird uh, manga that it, it all takes place in that fantasy version of everything where they just go to school. Which, yeah, that, that Angelic Days is. I, I think that's the one. Who's it, it, reading it, that? What? I I guess a lot of people. It's it's one of the ones that had no appeal to me, so I haven't really dug into that one. Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah do you want to watch the cast of Ultraman like work in an office building? No, I want to see him fight monsters. What? Correct. <laughs> well, you know that's you know the, the cast of Ultraman aren't you know cute schoolgirls. And by the way, <laughs> why does Oscar go to middle school if she's already graduated from college? Dude, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we we're forgetting the really obvious one where uh, Shin Godzilla had a massive crossover with just a ton of Ava merchandise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all those little true. like trinkets yeah. and shirts and um, artwork and all kinds of stuff. I have one of the shirts. And Kevin has the other shirt, actually. I'm, I'm deeply ashamed of both of you. Why? I like Godzilla and I like Evangelion. Why would I not want to wear a t-shirt of it? That's well, a cool shirt. I, it's the Nerve logo with Godzilla's spines. That's sweet, dude. All right. So, so there's, there's, a, there's a handful of them. And it actually goes back further than that merch line because they did make a... Years before this, uh, before Shin Godzilla, there was a, a Jaguar figure that was painted up like Ava Unit 1. Uh, but since since then, they've had you know the the Kiryu's that look like units one and two. Yeah, they, they have that. They also have the Monster Arts uh, Godzilla that has it's painted like Ava Unit One. It looks like it has a, a basically a green bikini line. It's really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a hideous toy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, ugh. yeah. But yeah, there's all kinds of that. They just went bonkers with that. Um, are there is I, there any other relevant uh, Eva media outside of the the series in the movies? Uh, I would recommend the the manga series by uh, Yoshiyuki Sadamoto, who is the original character design uh, designer on it. So he's he basically um, he started the manga before the show even came out, but it was a long, long. I think he finished it in like twenty twelve or something. So that's a 
it took a while to get through the uh, uh, 14 volumes, I think. Uh, you can get it in like five omnibus editions. Uh, but, you know, some of the some of the Monster of the Week stuff gets cut out there, which is my uh, quibble with it. But I, I think the way that it streamlines things works a little bit more uh, smoothly. So you don't have, you know... So like the scene where like Gendo says something, but you don't get to hear what he says as he's shooting Ritzko. It's like, well, that's... That's poppycock to me so it cuts out things like that uh and then it, it gives it uh, a different sort of ending that might be a cop-out or might be more satisfying depending on how you feel about things uh but i i think that that manga is a pretty good way to go about evangelion and again the tv series is really hard to get your hands on this manga's in print uh aside from that uh there's a there's a sequel uh, in Japan um, done in the form of uh, an illustrated novel that was, I think it was in Dengeki Hobby Magazine. It's called uh, Evangelion Anima. That's like three years later, so it has some some neat character designs and things. And you know, obviously, it futzes with the ending <laughs> as well. So what in order does to have happen three years three later? Years later? Uh, so some of some of the characters are still around that shouldn't be. So you know, <laughs> Kaji is still there, for an example. And like, <laughs> what wow, you, yeah. Uh, but you know, the different. You know, uh, Toji is is back as like a cyborg. Is the rest of the world still goo? <laughs> uh, no, they didn't. They didn't uh, get. Um, they they skipped the instrumentality part oh. as far as I as far as i understand uh and that's one that like it, it's not available officially and there was a fan translation for a while and then the guy that was doing the fan translation i guess tweeted to the official owners which was a bad move in terms of getting a <laughs> cease and desist uh, um yeah in terms of the various manga that are out there uh there's there's a handful of them you know there's uh uh, Shinji Akari Detective Diary is one where he's like a detective in school. Uh, there's also that sounds Camp- awful. Like, <laughs> you're gonna call like a crying detective that can't do anything right. Like I'm just imagining the blubbering mess. Like he's asking people questions and sobbing in tears the entire time. <laughs> well, and of course he's he's teamed up with Kaoru in that because you know it's Ka- Kaoru is all over the spinoff material because the fandom really loves the crap out of that character. So, I mean, Kaoru is also a major character in in um, one called Campus Apocalypse, which is sort of like Evangelion. If instead of robots, they were just regular angels, and and then you get my favorites, which are like the the various parody things. So uh, there's like um, uh, one that's called the the Comic Tribute, which is just an anthology from like different people telling different silly stories. So you might have like. Oh gosh, I don't remember if this was in this one or in Tony Takizaki's Evangelion, but like you'll have a whole story about like man, every we always see them going into the LCL, but we never see them like vomiting it up when they get out of the cockpit, and like are they embarrassed about that that they have to go somewhere special to vomit the LCL up? Um, uh, there's one that was just entirely taking a taking a piss on um, that the, the the most popular one is. Um, 
a Shinji Ikari raising project, which is an, an, an awful manga, which is, you know, just uh, Shinji is having school antics and keeps tripping and accidentally like pulling down girl skirts and stuff. <laughs> oh my God. Why? It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the, like the most popular, of the spinoffs. Oh my gosh. All those people love the masturbation scene. I'm sure. <laughs> well, then maybe it hits them too close to home. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, my my favorite is is coming out uh, right now. It's uh, called Legend of the Pico Pico Middle School Students, and it's uh, like basically uh, a parody where they're all uh, competitive video gamers. But it has a fantastic. I, I think it's it's got a whole lot of rewriting, where things aren't quite faithful to the <laughs> to the original writing, but it's still pretty hilarious. Uh, so you have bits where Gendo is like, "Time to mobilize." Ray, Asuka, and you from the paternity test. You know, there's a bit where they they're like, uh, time to time to mobilize the uh, the Evangelion. Well, it's only sixty five percent complete. Well, what does that mean? And it's just like a leg. <laughs> and uh, the oh, and they'll just point out things like they'll ask Ritsko like, hey, isn't that it, uh, you know, immature, and she's like, "Well, you see, I am, I am a scientist who chain smokes in front of children." <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's pretty uh, on the nose, like pointing out stuff. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so that's that's the one that I would I would recommend uh, checking out of, of that bunch. Although some of the other parodies are are pretty good. It's the it's the ones that are my like more straight aside from the uh, aside from the original manga that. That's where things get things get a little bit dicey. There's also like uh, pre. There's a video video games and stuff. I think I've never played any of that stuff because it hasn't been released over here, as far as I'm aware. Well, there's also <sighs> that uh, city shrouded in shadow, which had Godzilla and uh, Gamera and Pat Labor and Ultraman and all that stuff that just came out. Yeah, uh, I've I've heard good things about that. I. I, I need to get a system to play it on. Uh, and, you know, they're, you know, the Super Robot Wars is a huge franchise of games where they take robots from all over different uh, franchises and mash them together so you can have, like, Mazinger and Get a Robo and Evangelion. And Godzilla's been in one, actually, and uh, just have them all fight each other. And I've heard that in some of the storylines for that, like, Shinji hanging out with all of these, like, hot-blooded robot pilots, like, starts to man up. <laughs> you know that's that's debatable canon <laughs> uh but yeah some of the other games there's i mean there's there's a wide variety from like fighting games where they introduce avas that aren't in anything else to uh one of the early things that actually it, it appears in otaku no video in, in the background is they one of the one of their early attempts to recoup the investment of of making the show was that a uh strip mahjong game so it's, if you win mahjong against the characters they take their clothes off so yes keep keep it classy gynax <laughs> <laughs> and they, they yeah they've over sexualized these 14 year old characters in merchandising to a ridiculous degree it does yeah. seem to be their modus operandi <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty oh gosh yeah i will there's a um, there's an RPG game apparently, and I just imagine like, is it 
when you're being Shinji, does it ask you if you want to cry today? Yes or no? Like, is that the whole game? <laughs> I know that in one of the RPGs that actually, like, some of this lore that we get where, you know, the whole thing of, like, well, we had the first ancestral race where the Lilith had the white moon and uh, Adam had the black moon or whatever, and they, the Lilith crashed on Adam's planet and spawned life there. Like, a lot of that backstory that you don't really understand if you just watch the show like comes from the video games so interesting well um well and that's what makes this a a, an incredibly uh hard to hard to fully comprehend franchise and the the people that are into it it's it it gets deep (laughs) it's just so bizarre like that it's such a pop culture phenomenon because like in japan you can get evangelion shoes doritos and it's like we just talked about something that followed a messed up 14 year old who i mean a story that concludes with everyone being turned into orange goo and like that what like i can buy a bag of doritos with that on it like what's up with (laughs) like it's like if you could if like you you could go to like taco bell and get like the eraser head taco like it's such a weird (laughs) thing that I, I get Anno's confusion over, like, how it got the way it is, because, like, it's it's not appropriate for in, that kind of merchandising. <laughs> I, I love the one that's, like, for Evangelion brand razors, where everyone is just grinning and, and looking so happy to have a fresh shave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird stuff. This should not be merchandised like it was Star Wars or some or like Marvel comics or something. It's it's a messed up series. It's it's a fucked up series. Like it's not it's 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 inappropriate to be putting on Doritos bags. It's it, that is unbelievable. Like I I don't blame Anno for not understanding it cuz I don't understand it either. I had a great time at G-Fest once hanging out with uh, some of the guys at the Media Blasters booth back when they they had one, and they were just going through a catalog, like, looking at merchandise. They're like, oh, yeah, there's Ray in a bathing suit on a horse. Wasn't that a good episode? (laughs) 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 Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, they over-sexualize a ton of different uh, anime in general. Like, X-Plus has an entire line of just half-naked X plus figures and and the thing is like I see people posting on Facebook oh yeah I'm gonna get that I have it on pre order I'm like oh all right oh the right. the whole like kaiju girls thing like they did that with the angels before they did it with the Ultraman monsters so so they did wait they did they did angels like a sexualized angels cartoon kind of thing <laughs> yeah not not as a not as an animation but they had a whole like merchandise line and. What do you do with, the, with, with like, the, the diamond triangular monster thing or, like, the spider one? Like, what, how do you... Uh, you know what? It's fine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I should probably mention that that one was from... Um, the the in, in, inspiration for that was probably from Hiroshiman, uh, which had a, had a giant, you know, uh, cube uh, robot actually named Super X that was flying through the, through the city. That was, that was one where I was at an Evangelion panel... And people were talking about, like, oh, this is such an original design. Uh, have you ever seen anything like that? And I was, like, squirming my seat, like, yes. well. <laughs> oh, and the, um, you know, the uh, the decisive battle music, which was recycled from Nadia, which was recycled from one of the James Bond movies, which was then recycled into Shin Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I knew there would be more things that came to mind after <laughs> not not talking for a little while. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah yep. it's the whole... Um, it's, I do really catchy. like the music. Yeah, I like the music in this show. I don't. I, I even like the theme song. I don't. I don't typically go for like those poppy anime themes. But do you like, like the uh, English rendition of "Fly Me to the Moon"? I do actually. Well, I guess it depends on which version. Sometimes they end in with like weird versions. But, but I yeah. do remember when I went to go see Pacific Rim in the theater. They were playing a car commercial before it that was playing "Fly Me to the Moon" in the background, and that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, um, we've been going a while. Is there anything you guys else you guys want to add? I think the main takeaway from this is if you can go in with an open mind about Shinji, there's a lot of stuff for kaiju fans here. And oh yeah, there there really is. I mean, I think that's the note that you want to leave it on. I, I do think for some people it's going to be a hard watch, <laughs> but I think if you can enjoy. The, the Avas and the Angels and the action sequences and the, and the beautiful animation. Um, and, you know, I'm not making excuses for some of the flaws that I find in the series, but I think there's stuff here that's worth watching at least once. Well, and if you want to, you know, prophetize uh, to your friends the, the, the merits of Tokusatsu, like, find someone who's an Evangelion fan and show them the Gamera trilogy because there's just so much crossover there. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh... Uh, that that's that's the way I've made a convert or yeah. two. Yeah, well, you, know, you know Shin Godzilla, like Shin Godzilla, that whole like Operation uh, Yashiori is a lot like the Operation Yashima, which I guess was like the the one from um, Godzilla versus Hedera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like drain all of the power from Japan. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, uh, it doesn't really get mentioned very much as a kaiju show. But I think it's a, as much a kaiju show as something like Ultraman. I mean, the angels don't look like your traditional monsters, but I mean, it's anime, and this is where you can actually take the genre and do something interesting and new with it that you might not be able to do in live action, uh, Toho. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would recommend it to people that want something a little different out of the genre. It's just... Go in with an open mind, and if it's not your thing, it's not your thing, and that's okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to like here for kaiju fans, and there's a lot of th- stuff in the, like Kevin said, in the kaiju genre for anime fans that might be into EVA. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everyone's little clicks, you know, stop being stubborn, and, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff here that, that connects, and, you know, and I think it's it's fun to be able to spot like the little references and stuff. So, all right, yeah, especially if you like Shin, like watch the first six episodes of Ava. Like, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll yeah, yeah I, it's it's enough to get a a feel. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, uh, Matt, do you have anything uh, anything else you wanted to add? I think I've said my piece as well. No, yeah, I think I think we covered pretty right. much everything. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, bid you good night. Thank you for listening. And Kevin, thanks a lot for uh, coming on here. Your expertise in anime really filled a lot of gaps for us. Uh, so thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to talk everyone's ear off, and I guess I'll leave this on uh, 
congratulations. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. No, this this was fun, and yeah, uh, we'll we'll try and figure out something else we can uh, we can have you back on for. Awesome. All right. Cool. Thank you, everybody.